0: So there's a, a phrase the Buddha occasionally uses. Um, this is peaceful, this is sublime. The stilling of sankara. the relinquishment of the basis of attachment, the destruction of craving dispassion, ceasing, Nibbana. Mm. So, the stilling of sankharas, the, ac- the relinquishment of all basis of attachment, all acquisition. The word is upadi. Destruction of craving, tanha, dispassion, ceasing, Nibbana. Mm. This helps to once you know, again, a sankara cropping up, such a crucial um, term, and still seems to be some uncertainty around what we're referring to. The sankara that's just given with life, which is the energy, the intelligence that regulates our breathing, that allows the mind to formulate. Perceptions, internalize experience. So we see something, something happens that means that can be internalized and remembered, that, that activity, something is seen through the eye, some activity occurs, you don't do it, so you don't think it's an activity, it's an involuntary one, whereby that visual object becomes internalized as a memory, a reference point, a perception, mental object. Could be a sound, could be a sight, could be a thought. You learn things through language. You learn that certain sounds represent meanings. You know, mama, papa, not just noises, they represent something. You You get a felt meaning. That's the basic kit and so that's the, the Vaji Sankara, the ability to formulate words, articulate that then present those words to the to the heart and in, which interprets them. The ability to formulate concepts. Something is seen. The mind. The Vajji Sankara is the ability to translate that visual object into the word tree or car or something of that nature. You don't, it happens, doesn't it? And then that concept taken into the heart becomes a perception. means it's got a certain uh, memory to it. It stays there and it evokes particular resonances, what it means to us, chop it down, lumber, lovely garden tree, whatever it is, perception arises, resonances. That's the the basic equipment that every human being has. So because of that uh, consistency of that, it's called a formation. Forms and it itself becomes a, a program to do that. Now the mental sankara, mental formation, that area of creation. Key key features of it are intention. So it also has the volitional push. So a perception is established. It triggers off some kind of reaction. So you remember. You know. I don't know, hot dog or donut and all, oh, triggers off some volition, either an opinion about it or a longing to have it or something or the other, perception lands in your mind, father, mother, brother, sister, whatever, perception or, triggers off some kind of twitch happens, volitional twitch, do something about it, forget it, get agitated by it or do something, even it's just, Triggering off other perceptions, it twitches; It doesn't just stay there. So it can trigger off other perceptions. Yeah. So there's a push there that creates something that's called volition or intention, chetana And it can stay very much just on the level of triggering off other perceptions. You know, my brother was unpleasant or pleasant or. Foolish, or something or the other. So you get another perception, and then he did this, and he did that, and then what am I going to do about him, or something? You know. So he gets this cascading effect, and then it, then it breaks out into verbal action or physical action. So intention, you know, that's there. You know, to to establish a perception, and then to fabricate more and more of them. That will be the leader of the creations, the activities, the programs in in the heart. Establish a perception, then react to it. Volition. Mm-hmm. So it gets very busy, doesn't it? Because all these per- perceptions that can arise in the mind almost out of, just out of momentum sometimes, just the ongoing river of it. Still memories, uh, some of it no particular significance, some of it coming the volition that's pushing it is regret or irritation or disappointment or fear or mistrust or longing. Mm. Mm. So it's it's not that I am longing, just that there is a, a volitional tendency to long to regret and it, generates more of this stuff. But it's not that I am craving, just that there is this unresolved volitional push, which is generate is there because the unconditioned has not been known and seen or experienced. So it's because of not knowing or ignorance generates or is the basis for these uh, sankharas, called Upadana Sankaras. That's the Sankaras established through grasping, the volitional push to grasp something. Upadana, grasping is born from craving, to have something, to be something, to get rid of something, to become something. So there's a grasping at what? At a perception. Mm, grasping isn't necessarily uh, grasping with pleasure it could be grasping with uh, fear or avarice or regret especially the clench something in the mind seizes up on a particular perception and then gets activated by that <clears throat> it's grasping feeding on inclining towards so with that feeding on inclining towards grasping, then a whole lot more volition starts happening and cascades of perceptions and movements and activities occur. So stilling doesn't mean the abolition of the sankara, it's just the, because that's what we get born with, but the stilling of the volitional push, so we can come Peaceful, stilling of the volitional push, the, the breaking up of grasping of that cr- craving and grasping. Now the basis of attachment is the I am sense. It's a view. It's not really a thing it's a it's a view that's looking to establish itself on some particular something or another. It's like a latent tendency to establish itself on something. It's not a thing. It's a view. It's like a, like an influence, a magnetic field, a magnetic current, looking to get onto something. Hmm? Pleasant, unpleasant, doesn't really matter. As Long as it gets established. That's why it's not, not you, because you wouldn't establish yourself on something unpleasant, would you? And yet, yet, yet it happens. Mm. So there's a kind of blindness to it, blind instinct to establish a psychology, yourself. self. Mm. Upadana, the basis of that upadi is the view, the attitude, the inclination, the tendency to establish a finite, individual, Mm. so relinquishing that, Mm. relinquishing that tendency, so you start relinquishing in some things, you know, see where you can relinquish it. Letting things flow through your mind without grabbing them, without agitating around them, that's a practice. Contemplating the body as a form in nature rather as a person, an identity. Natural form arises, persists for a while, made up of elements, changes, does what it does. In the season of life, breaks up. Mm. So this is, you know, working on that, tendency to, to grab mm. self and others and we do it around other forms, other people that we want to firm up as something the attachment does that firm up as heroes, villains whatever mm. and so You're practicing with this, you know, you're doing it gradually a bit at a time and you see, you know, it's a graduated process So we start, first of all, recognize some of our grabbing is the particular psychologies, psychologies, psychological programs, such as, you know, I'm the victim or I am the one who has to do it all or I am... You know, particular mental inclination, who we feel ourselves to be, and that can change dependent on situations and life. it's things like noticing So, in my life there I was the younger the younger brother and one well, didn't really know how to do things so it's really the the kind of person who's trying to learn and listen up because um, you're the kind of the younger one who doesn't know how to do anything and then I would go out to because I wanted to be with my father I go to he had a little workshop working physical engineering work stuff like that so i go and try and help my dad because you want to be with your dad but then i'm like nine years old right so all the guys who work working their workshop they're 30 20 40 years old so oh get out of the way son this is you know you've got to do this so you're always the one who can't do anything because <laughs> you're too small or too young this isn't, you know, it's, it's nothing abusive, but it's just actually true. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to get your fingers stuck in something. or the other So, I oh, just stand aside. We'll do this. Everything you're the one who has to stand aside. I can't do it. So you get that kind of form. A little form becomes established in some way or another. Hmm? Say, Particularly in a group of men, and I find actually then, you know, a strange, posi- strange sense of. Then it being a junior monk, you follow the teachers and you, they all, Ajahn knows what to do and so on. You follow that. And that's I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then actually you find yourself the abbot and you still imagine you're the one who doesn't know what to do. <laughs> and everybody's saying, why don't you tell us what to do? <laughs> Because you imagine that they, you, know, you don't even imagine it. You have that felt sense. It's your place. It's the step back. And let, you know, a curious kind of uh, curve of, of trying to learn how to, to be the one who says, we're going to do this, <laughs> you know, with a feeling of trusting that. You see, psychological forms get created, and this isn't particularly difficult or damaging. It's just seeing, and then, you know, obviously people have ext- some extremely difficult, obstructive, psychological forms that one feels oneself as being you know often on your own you can feel it or when you're in a group you become somebody else or with your people of the same sex you become one thing or opposite sex you become another thing or you've come to an institution you become something you know because you're used to institution being kind of flat and hard and authoritarian you become something or you know and then you rebel against it and all kind of stuff playing itself out, These psychological forms have become. And you start to notice these. Oh, let's see if I can do with something with that, you know. And just check the perception. How true is this? How real is this? How useful is this? And, uh, the point of practice is that often coming out of these uh, fixed forms is kind of uncomfortable because you don't know who you are. You're so used to being that particular being yeah to come out of it, oh, you're hello wobbly, you know slightly uncertain mm. so it can be quite you know, that's breathtaking when you you've reestablished yourself as somebody who's kind of inadequate or whatever, and somebody says, "Oh, you're a great guy, you know, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, know, you know or or that's why that, uh, you know, if you've had to live your life in that way, uh, or the person who has to, everybody has to lean on, and be de- the person who everybody depends upon, and then people are saying, oh, relax, it's okay, we're fine, we're managing okay, it's all right, no problem. You know, if you're going I should be doing something. Hmm? Yeah, so you see how those psychological forms become the, establish around perceptions, felt meanings, trigger off volitions, that we're not have a lot of say over, but you can recognize them. Could you just trust and come out of that, release, let go, not be who you think you are, not be who you got used to being. Mm. So that's, you see there this relinquishment of the basis of attachment. And remember attachment isn't something we choose to do. It's something you're propelled into by this view trying you know, to be solid. And when you have to be trying to be solid in situations that are unhealthy, toxic, damaging, bruising, bullying, unpleasant, Confusing, then you'd generally become solid in a rather confused form, no, so yeah coming out of that coming out of the need to defend oneself or prove oneself or deny oneself. <coughs> So this relinquishment of acquisitions, of the basis of attachment, we have to still the sankaras, those impulsive reflex twitches of do, be, make, stop, you're not, you are, you ought to, check, pause, you know. Where's that coming from? How much of this is really conscious, clear decision? How much of it is just which reaction established for a long time on sense of self and perceptions. So it sounds kind of academic really, you know, you're trying to talk in this language, but it is exceptionally uh, pertinent and these can be stilled and they can be given up. And it's peaceful, sublime, happy. Now the mind has no doesn't know how to let go um, by itself. The mind has no location. Now, if you know what that means so the body we're using the body the the here sense just come back to that one again the sense of being here being here being here here we are whatever we should could ought to might fear dread hope expect remember assume think other people think we are think other people think we're not we think other people think we are whatever all that here we are here it is just coming back to here, 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 and this, really grounding yourself in that. Uh, Because the mind has no ground, apart from its perceptions, its volitions, its feelings. Uh, Do you know what that really means? (laughs) That means your mind will establish itself upon a perception, a feeling, a program it will do that because it can't find anywhere else to land except that and it, so what's it going to land on the most habitual stuff it's normal roosting place is where it's going to land yeah. it's going to land right back on the most habitual established program <laughs> running because that's the one it knows how to land on very well <laughs> because it has no location so it's got to land on Something, yeah. What's well, going to land on? I am. With whatever I am is running at the moment, and chances are it's not necessarily running anything that that great. Yeah. yeah. So then you got. So why we are saying land your mind on your body? <laughs> you know, and if you say your ears, your nose, just first of all you get the sense of being here, here. That's a locational sense. Here we are. How do I know I'm here? Well, some kind of form. Warmth. Earth element. Or fire element. Breathing in, breathing out. You get as basic as possible. And that Then you, you've got the essence of how to how letting go happens because when the mind is established on that it's not established on the other thing so it's there's relinquishment it's kind of the body encourages or the here sense encourages a relinquishment here's something you don't have to hold on to it's already here it's always here when you try hold on to it you get an idea of what's being here here is already given. Tune into it. So then that is certainly some detachment or some ability to unplug from the programs. If you establish that and you begin to feel more comfortable in in the being here, fill it out. Then you begin to see more clearly those twitches to hold and become, and you've got again the encouragement of you could come out of that. Mm. Letting go happens, it's something you do, you can catalyze it by meditation. knowing hmm, something you place the mind outside of its normal habits. And then the beauty of it is that when the mind does find something more useful, more steady, more comfortable to reside in, it will give up the weak, tottering, shaky, difficult, straining, unpleasant stuff. That's, that's that's the essential rationale of of meditation. And noticing oh, oh well look it did that. you begin to have faith. Oh well, I don't have to be that all the time. It can be this, and it yeah, it was took a bit of doing. But yeah, the result is good. A little more space and noticing the space, enjoying it, taking it in. And then of course, as this is a multi-stranded process, these uh, tendencies, these attachments, then maybe something else, another part of the program comes up and you've got to do the same thing. The attaching, the grasping. So grasping, attaching to a perception. Mm -hmm. So, reflex, because, as I say, the mind, till it really gets an understanding and feeling, not so much for the object, but for the activity of letting, of of shifting. Yeah. Then the mind begins to know how to let go. First of all, it doesn't know, it can't do it. It can only shift from one thing to another. Then it begins to notice, somewhere in that, there was a, a moment when you weren't holding that, it wasn't holding that, and ah, oh, and then you firm up around something, another breathing, and you begin to see, oh yeah, there was something looser about that. In particular, action. That action is the sankara, the volition, the inclination that leads to the ending of them. It's the one, the program that unravels the grasping. And it says, really, uh, you know, make an effort with that or apply yourself to that or persist with that. Says, this is a sankara. It's called padana sankara. The sankara of applying oneself, determined, or de- sometimes determined striving, probably, one of the least felicitous translations, going. So <laughs> uh, to determine can be either, can be just means to decide. You know, I determine this is the fifth day that I'm here. You know, I'm determining I'm going to stay for one week. That's you know, my boundary. You know, I'm determining I'm going to get up. But we tend to also determination can and very often implies a certain sense of Volitional push, I'm really going to do this. Yeah. What's, what kind of volition is necessary, suitable just to determine? Well, just be with breathing in, breathing out. That's your boundary, that's your frame of reference. And persisting, staying with that. You determine an area of practice, you determine the frame of reference, and then you're staying within that. Mm. So that requires persistence, which is a more useful um, phrase than striving term. But however, you're finding a way in which you're not stirring up more psychologies I am. Trying to operate much more from intuitive feeling, sense. This is appropriate this is balanced, this is clear, this is supportive, rather than the I am sense, which is what we're trying to undo. So Buddha in general turned into, uh, shift away from the extremes of either self-mortification or self-gratification, just because of the intensity of the I am's that get created around those. Of course, his own difficult experience with, with um, asceticism or denial, self denial, which generates a big I am that's denying itself. <laughs> it's just more like, is this helpful? Is this skillful? Is it for my welfare? Ah, oh, stay with this. Is it not? Where's the perception that it's based on? can that be entered, investigated, and released. And we're practicing mindfulness of breathing, it's uh, the point of samadhi is to facilitate this process. So there, samadhi firming up, mind, as it firms up as its volitions, as its intentions and inclinations gather and collect instead of being, you know, uh, spread out, it's natural, it will generate perception. So you start with this established perception, say, breathing in, breathing out, and whatever that is felt, or whatever your meditation object is, so it becomes something you can go to. It's a mantra, it's um, bones of your body, it's uh, experience of walking up and down, that's that's your initial, object and as the mind collects into that, it generates by itself another perception which could be something to do with, it feels comfortable, it feels at ease, it feels flowing, it feels spacious, it feels bright, it feels, and it's generally associated with a happiness, the mind is happy, or pity. So so there's a shift there, and you don't really do it, it happens through, um, just the natural process. Whatever you get into, your mind will do that. So if you even eat an apple, you know, you pick up an apple, what does it look like? You know, sort of round, roughly round object, speckled, greeny, reds, apple, perception, apple. And you start chewing it, and juices flow, and then it becomes something, you feel a sense of, oh, beautiful, juicy, lovely, tasty, um, whatever, you know, something else happens, shifts. You get to know somebody, first you look at somebody, you know, take the shape. You get to know them, your perception of them changes from just the immediate one. So it does it naturally. And then eventually you carry that person around and you think, oh, there's, you know, Herbert or whatever. And then you, you get the feeling of warm or Not warm, sour, (laughs) it's an internalized person. That's called a nimita. (laughs) The mind does this quite naturally. It does a a shorthand note, perceptual note that sums up that person or that event, or anything really, great day. What's a great day? you've got 24 hours in it, what's the great day? Well, there's some sense of uplift or joy or fun or beauty or warm. And that little shorthand note is established. It sits in the heart. And then you, you go to that, you can un- unpack it, but it's established as a shorthand perceptual note. And we have this with people as well. You don't remember their blood type or their weight, or you just get a feeling of fun or trust or, you know, whatever it is. So this is not something that's so unusual, but um, cultivating it with reference to your meditation object, so it becomes something where your mind can really bond into it. And that's what absorbing means. You absorb into that. Uh, and then the various kind of, reactionary act volitions, which come from experiencing perceptions associated with stress and pain and regret or you know, confusion or whatever, or craving or bad memories, all that stuff. You're just withdrawing, withdrawing from those, uh, those perceptions into something else where those nervous system can calm down you're not constantly reactivating your own damage all the time. Yeah, mm. right. you know, this is, this is a very strong e- encouragement to do this. However, we whatever meditation system you use, it's, to, it's really to, it's called samatha, mm. calming the nervous system. So it's not going back into that damaged structure again and again and again and, and keep feeding it. You, know, you come out of that. Um, so this is the, mm, that's what Samadhi's about, really. That's, that's the medicine of it. I and mean, then we begin to look at things much more basically. They're not so complex. You just see the arising of perception, feeling, volitional tendencies. You really see the aggregates in there fundamental form as a Nietzsche, impermanent changeable mm. so that's where that sense of dispassion arises around any form but uh, the aim of it is if you can just clean away or put aside as whatever you can of the of the psychological person and the history with that then it's gonna be a lot more easy to get down to the, the bedrock of grasping. What also arises with that is you uh, establish something healthy that all that energy that was being used up in, in more fabrication is, is left free, and we experience something, a knowing sense, like an open awareness. Instead of being convoluted or crowded and crammed, there's a sense of open awareness. And this is, uh, we, we recognize this as the basis of mind, citta. So citta, one expression of this is the mind is not the content of the mind. We tend to take the mind as being the content, all those perceptions and feelings and inclinations and psychologies. That's my mind. Um, so one way of looking at it, no, that's not your mind. That's just the conditioning in your mind. Your mind is essentially the knowing, the awareness. You know, all this is happening into. This is what referred to in the third tetrad of the Anapanasati, touching the mind, really sensing the mind, as the as the jitta as the volitions and perceptions are calmed and stilled, then knowing or touching the mind, touching the knowing, touching the awareness and gladdening it, you know, abiding in it, feeling cheered up by it, enjoying it, and steadying it, and then releasing it from the tendency to contract around more activations more i am senses so that's that's the that's that process mm. you can see it kind of being placed there in that in that way but these are constant whatever practice we do it's done really along these lines you know to come from the Sankara, the volitional formations, the perceptions and feelings, the, psych- the person psychologies and programs into the knowing of it. There's the here, is you, perhaps the initial place we can touch something that's unconditioned by uh, sights and sounds and touches and pressures. Here is an unconditioned, because you can't. And then the awareness or the knowing quality also unconditions, stands apart from. But it's you know all of these. is still potentially get conditioned. That is, it still has the ability to keep, you know, going back into that. So what has to be released really comes through uh, knowing and understanding the nature of the conditioned as being transient, nothing really that, that much to invest in Mm. or fight with. Jin Cha, sort of in his typical kind of cryptic and humorous way, said, Well, looking at the mind, you say, monkeys are like this. (laughs) Monkeys are like this. (laughs) this There's a way in which he simply placed it with some sense of humor. Uh it's just monkeys are like this. Don't get, you know, don't build anything on it. Don't, Don't make it into a person. But then out of, you know, pragmatic compassion, we say, well, get the mind, give it a place to sit. Give the monkey a place to sit down put a peach in its hand, so just enjoy that. And it will, with a bit of persuasion, it'll stop screaming and ranting and running around. <laughs> and that's how you, you train, train a monkey. They don't know how to let go. And you have to kind of encourage them, just to put down that, pick up this, pick up this cause it's nice, put that down then it, oh, it's let go, it didn't realize it was doing it. Sometimes letting go is about holding on to something else till, you, till the mind really gets it. This is our education program. <laughs> and of course, you know, compassion, kindness, firmness, all those are part of how we uh, make our effort what we apply within this frame of reference so it's uh, you know we have the time here the days here we've determined from our lives we've determined a period of time really to make full use and enjoy what, what becomes possible within the special situation So let's continue our practice today. And uh, tomorrow will be another open day. So we'll just have a day of solitude with no particular forms in it. And so we'll just meet this evening and then on Sunday morning.